Hello, fellow safety and health professional, and welcome to another podcast in a series of podcasts based on an article in Safety and Health magazine that's all about you. In fact, this podcast and article is my 60th article for Safety and Health magazine and now podcast. It's been five years. Can you believe that? I've been a columnist for five years writing all about you. It's been a blessing. I've enjoyed it very much. I hope you have too. Well, this podcast, based on the article, is about optimism and pessimism. Do you think the glass is half empty or half full? For several years, your response to that question has been the definitive, are you a pessimist or optimist indicator? There are even all kinds of humorous turns on the query. My favorite is, the professional trainer does not care if the glass is half full or half empty. He just knows that starting the discussion about it will give him 10 minutes to figure out why his PowerPoint presentation isn't working. Especially because of what I do for a living, I find that quite humorous. What does determine whether you are an optimist or a pessimist? Is it whether you see opportunities where others see problems? Is it the glass half full or glass half empty idea? Or is it determined by your general outlook on life? These aren't easy questions to answer because labeling someone as an optimist or pessimist is too confining a description about our psychology to be accurate all the time. Even the most optimistic person may experience times when he or she is pessimistic. And the other way around, a person who is often pessimistic may have up days and up times where they are very optimistic about what's going on in their life. It works more like a sliding scale. Researchers have created several of these scales, such as the unrealistic optimism scale and the generalized expectancy for success scale. There are several others. Still, even though it varies quite a bit, optimism, pessimism, what causes it and whether we fit into that category, understanding the benefits of optimism and at times pessimism, then using what we learn to our benefit can improve your life dramatically. As a motivational safety speaker, I'm required to be optimistic most of the time, at least when I'm out in public, and I tend to be when I'm home, too. And here are two habits that help me fulfill that requirement, which may do the same for you. First, picture things you enjoy. Can you learn to be more optimistic? Yes. Though you have a natural baseline that may predispose you to a level of optimism versus pessimism, Vast research has shown that you still can increase your level of optimism. That means if you are a person who tends to be pessimistic naturally, you can still become more optimistic. And if you're a person who naturally is optimistic, you can increase that even more than what it is naturally. Here's something I do to slide further along the positive side of the scale. Throughout the day, I purposely notice and think about the things I like that is happening in my life, such as a cup of coffee, music, a friend's voice on the phone, my dog, petting my dog, or sitting in a comfortable chair. 
Now, are there things going on today that I don't enjoy? Of course there are. In fact, when I wrote this article, I had injured my leg the day before exercising, a really nasty cramp, and it was still bothering me. Yes, at times throughout the day, I was upset about it some, and it hurt, and I was worried about it a little bit. I was hoping it wasn't serious. Thankfully, it wasn't. But I was able to distract myself from it and not dwell on it by noticing the things I did like. By noticing positive things most of the time, I can't ruminate about the negative. I can't I have the time taken up by good things, for the negative things don't have a space. Certainly, when you're doing an inspection, conducting an instant investigation, or evaluating yourself, or being critical about something, You've got to pay attention to what's not right, what needs to change, what's wrong. But that's different than having a gloomy outlook or dwelling on what isn't right throughout the day. Even when things are going south, consider what Winston Churchill concluded. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. So even when things are going the way you were hoping, you can still perceive them in a way that increases your good feelings, your optimism about what's happening. Another thing you can do is realize it will pass. This is my favorite thought that helps me handle negative events, even serious ones. I think this isn't permanent. This will pass. This will go away. You've probably heard it worded as this too shall pass. Realizing a bad situation is only temporary and doesn't determine your entire world is a common trait among people who are usually optimistic. And the opposite view is common among folks who suffer from depression, too. It's common thread among people who have depressive you know, times in their life, even very serious ones, to feel that their problems are permanent, that this suffering, that what's going on today, this horrible thing, will never end. Think back about something nasty that happened to you several years ago, maybe even when you were a child. Does it still dominate your thoughts today? Unless it involves severe grief, it doesn't. You might on occasions think about it, but not regularly. And it usually doesn't bring up nasty feelings. It's usually a distant memory that you can conceive of it happening, but you don't suffer because of it. Realizing that today's troubles will quickly fade helps me stay upbeat. Most times you forget about a tasteful event in a few weeks or even less. There are times though when optimism can be a problem and the term for it is the optimism bias. It can be harmful, and it's something that you and I experience or are exposed to as safety and health professionals. It's when a person is overly optimistic about their ability, particularly their ability to avoid hazards and not get injured. It can also cause us to overrate our driving skills, how well we can do some work without getting strained, and our ability to control situations. Tally Sharrett, she's a neuroscientist at University College London, recommended during her TED Talk, which I recommend that you check out, on this topic of 
the optimism bias, that we should be aware of this bias that we can have. However, she still recommends being optimistic because, quote, optimism changes objective reality. It acts as a self-fulfilling prophecy. And even though her talk was about making sure you don't let the optimism bias cause you harm, she still said that whatever happens, whether you succeed or fail, people with high expectations always feel better.